0: The screen, Ephesians 2.12 says that uh, without Christ, it talked about that we have no hope and are without God in the world. Without Christ is without hope in this world. Without Christ is without God. There's no other way to God except by him, the Scripture tells us. And uh, the wisest man uh, who had lived on the earth, natural man, Solomon, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And his conclusion uh, was that everything in this life, just naturally speaking, was vain and meaningless. Now, you might think, well, that's that's depressing. I don't want to read that. But no, it's something that you need to understand because without Christ, that's the way it is. And uh, put up on the screen, if you would, for us uh, Ecclesiastes 1 and 2. Now, this is a man whom God gave... The Bible said wisdom and understanding like the breadth of the, the seashore. I mean, Solomon was extraordinarily, amazingly wise. Well, wisdom means you see the outcome. You see where, what everything is leading to and how it's going to wind up, how it's going to end. Wisdom gives you this perspective and insight, and after living for years and if you read in Ecclesiastes and also the other passages of scripture, all the things that he did he did amazing things he was uh, his investments his uh, endeavors produced wealth i don 't know if it had been seen before uh, until that time uh the projects he did is He talked about his orchards and his forests and his farming and his flocks and his herds. Well, he had amazing wisdom and understanding. He put it to use. But his conclusion was, in, in Ecclesiastes 1 2, Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. And the word vanity means pointless. It means meaningless. It means worthless. Uh, In Ecclesiastes 2, I'll just read a little bit to see why, to to show why he said that. Ecclesiastes 2.14. 2.14, he said, the wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happens to them all. Verse 15. Then I said in my heart, as it happens to the fool, so it's going to happen to me. He's talking about dying, death. And why was I then more wise? And I said in my heart, this is vanity, or we we might say meaningless, pointless, worthless. There's no remembrance of the wise more than of the fool forever, seeing that that which is now in days to come shall all be forgotten. And how does a wise man die? Just like the fool. Can you see why he came to that conclusion? Verse 17, therefore I hated life. I hated life because the work that's wrought under the sun is grievous to me. It's all vanity and vexation of spirit. Now why would he come to that conclusion? Because if death is the end. If that's it, then it renders everything vain. Can you see that? And it doesn't give you anything to look forward to. you, You have no hope. Can you see that? Why? Because everything you do is for what? Everybody you know, everybody you love is going to die. Everything you love is going to die and be corrupted. You're about to die. And so what about everything you did? What does it mean? Can you see why he came to this conclusion? Didn't matter what he did or how wise he was that the same thing was going to happen to him in a few days that happened to the fool that didn't even try. So what's the point? Y'all are quiet. (laughs) What's the point? Everything is meaningless. Everything is pointless. Now, we're quiet, but you do understand that people without hope, without God, without Christ, whether they want to admit it or not, that's where they are. They do their best to brace up and try to enjoy some things out of life, but they got this fear of impending death. They know it's coming, and they believe it's the end. And this kind of belief makes you selfish. Hmm? Why? Because if this is all I've got, is a few days of life, then why uh, deny myself and sacrifice for somebody else's feelings? Huh? If I'm only going through this thing one time and I'm only here for a few days, like the scripture talked about, the wrong belief is let's eat and drink and be merry and party because tomorrow we're dead. Now some are laughing, but this is how people are living on the planet right now. They're like, man, you better grab it while you can. And this belief, like I said, it makes you selfish it makes you self-centered it makes you unwilling to sacrifice why because I only got a few precious days left I got to squeeze what I can out of them so you're willing for other people to sacrifice so you can get what you want so it it's havoc on relationships but that's not the truth That's not the truth. You know, there's so many phrases that people banner around and even believe, and they are completely untrue, especially for a Christian, for a child of God. You hear people say, well, you only live once, and everybody dies alone. Well, for the child of God, that's not true at all. The child of God, you never die. And no child of God ever dies alone. The Lord is right there with you and receives you to glory. (laughs) So it just shows how uh, contorted and opposite to the truth the ungodly's way of thinking is. Put up on the screen Acts 17.30 if you would please. Acts 17.30. It says, the times of this ignorance God winked at and now commands all men everywhere to repent. Verse 31, because he has appointed a day into which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man who he has ordained. He's talking about Jesus. Whereof he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the dead. Hallelujah, God has given assurance to all men in that he has raised him from the dead. If there is resurrection, if there is life after death, oh, hallelujah, that changes everything. I said that changes everything. It changes everything. everything. Woo, praise God. Look with me in First Peter. We're talking about what the children were portraying. What does this mean, resurrection? In 1 Peter 1 and 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope. Other translations translations say a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fades not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Hallelujah. We have the hope of eternal life. We have the hope of resurrection. Well, that means this is not all there is. That means this is the shortest thing we will ever do. That means if we miss out on something down here, have to sacrifice something, that's not even our good stuff. Our good stuff is in the future. It's over there. It's in heaven. So we become willing to sacrifice some things down here and now to accomplish His will and fulfill His plan. It makes you unselfish. It makes you a giver. It makes you like your master. And it makes you unafraid. You no longer fear death. And if you're no longer afraid of death, you're no longer terrified by all the things that could kill you. Your phobias evaporate. <laughs> Why? Because this is not all there is. And you're, you're not, you don't cling to every breath and every day. And willing to do anything just to stay another day. You know you'll soon be out of here. Amen. And you're actually looking forward. Yes. Yes. Looking forward. Because the Bible says to depart and be with Christ is far better. Oh somebody say far better, far, far better. Far better. Far better. And when you're when you're not afraid to die. Then you're not afraid to live. Really live. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. To the fullest. Yes. Look with me, and I'll put it on the screen. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, it's a lengthy chapter, and it goes into a lot of detail about this subject. And uh, there's something that we need to be very clear on. The resurrection, as far as your belief, Is non-negotiable. If you say well I you know. Raised from the dead. You know I don't know. I can see value in the morality of Jesus teachings. And teach us how to be you know live a better life. And love your neighbor as yourself. And all that kind of thing. But is it really necessary that I believe that he raised from the dead. If you want to be saved. It's necessary. If you don't believe. That Jesus rose from the dead, you are lost. You're not on your way to heaven. Are y'all with me now? I know that's not politically correct, but it's either true or it's not. No, and you'll see why right here. If there's no resurrection, then all the gospel preaching is a lie. Are y'all with me? If there's no resurrection, Christianity is a waste of time. The whole thing means nothing. Not my thoughts. I'm about to read it to you right out of the New Testament here. 1 Corinthians 15, are you there? Verse 1. He said, Brethren, I declare to you the gospel. Gospels, the good news, which I preached to you, which you have received, and wherein you stand. I'm going to read the next several verses. By which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. And he was buried, and he rose again, the third day, according to the Scriptures. And he was seen of Cephas, Peter, then of the twelve. Now see, he says everything that happened to Jesus was foretold hundreds of years before and thousands of years before in detail. And it was. How could that have been unless God is real? And he was also seen by 500 brethren at one time. This is after he had been raised from the dead, of whom a greater part remained, but some have fallen asleep. Verse 7. After that he was seen by James, then of all the apostles, this is after Jesus went to the cross and died. All these people saw him. Hundreds of people saw Jesus after he had died and was rose with, him. and last of all, he said, he was, he was seen of me. Paul said, "I saw him. He did on the road to Damascus. You remember that? I saw him as one born out of due time. Now skip down to verse twelve, verse twelve, If Christ be preached. That he rose from the dead. How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Do you know there are people today that are saying that? That's just a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, he's, it was happening then. It's happening now. Verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain and your faith is vain. See, that's that same word. Vanity, right? Worthless, meaningless, purposeless. And we're found false witnesses of God. He said, and, I'm, and I've been lying to you and all these other preachers lying to you because we testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he didn't raise up if the dead don't rise or they can't rise. If the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you are yet, you are still in your sins. Which is why death came in to start with. Do you remember Romans talks about uh, by, because of sin, death came into the world by sin. If there would never been any sin, there would never have been any death. You know, we need to back up and ask ourselves, why is the world the way it is? Why is that? Why do things die? What made it that way? How did it all start? Well, the Bible has all the answers. Yes. When God created the heavens and the earth, He created human beings. He didn't design us to die. That's right. We were supposed to live on. But because of sin, sin was the problem. He warned our parent, first parents, Adam and Eve, uh, if they didn't listen to Him and partook of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil they would die do you hear that word die they didn't even know what death was but that's what happened they died spiritually that day and it took hundreds of years for their bodies to learn how to die because they weren't designed to die they were designed to live so in order for us to live and escape death there has to be a solution for sin can you see that because that's what caused the death. That's what allowed the the death to come in. That's why flowers died. Trees died. Animals died. That's why death and the curse of it is in the earth. Oh, but there was a way. I said there was a way to fix the sin problem. It could only be fixed by the perfect sacrifice. By a man Who had not sinned. And so Jesus the word became flesh. Became a man. And as a spotless sinless sacrifice. The Bible says he took our sins. He took them upon himself. And he became sin with our sin. And judgment fell on him. And he paid the price. even went to the heart of the earth. And paid the price. And was judged until justice was satisfied. Hallelujah. And the Father spoke from heaven and said, You're my beloved Son. I have begotten you. And He came up out of the heart of the earth. And He has been ascended up on high and set down at the right hand of majesty where He ever lives to make intercession for you and me. And when He said, It is finished. And now he has raised from the dead the sin problem is solved. The sin problem is fixed. Some say, well, why is there so much sin in the earth? Because people haven't received it and haven't walked in the light of it. The Lord's not going to force anybody to believe the good news or to receive, but to all who will. They receive eternal life. Jesus said those that believe on me will never die. Hallelujah. Is this true? When you receive Jesus and you confess him as Lord of your life and you receive all he has done for you in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension then you are, the Bible said, born again. Amen. You had to be born again because you had died right. inside yeah. because of sin. But having been born again, you, you didn't just receive a, you know, a better way of thinking and improved mentality and morality. No, you became alive with the eternal life of God, yeah. and you will never die. You'll live on and on and on and on. Now your body, it hadn't received all that eternal life like your spirit has, but there's coming a day. There's coming a time when the trumpet's going to sound. Oh, hallelujah. And all the dead in Christ are going to rise. Their bodies, their bodies are going to rise. And the Bible said those that are alive and remain could be us. Those that are alive and remain. They're going to be changed. Changed. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. This corruptible is going to become incorruptible. This mortal is going to become immortal. And now we'll have a body that can keep up with our spirit. A body that will never die. And if that doesn't give you hope. You're not paying attention. If that doesn't give you exciting expectation, then you don't believe it yet. Oh, this is the hope. Christ in us, the resurrected one, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. Glory to God. Skip down to verse 35. You see all of that in this passage, 1535. He said, some will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? And they they, say that they would say this sarcastically. Are you kidding me? When you're dead, you're dead. You, you know, the body uh, decomposed. And after 10,000 years, you couldn't even find it. I mean, so resurrection, really? How does it come? And uh, 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 the Spirit of God through Paul says, fool? (laughs) (laughs) Fool? Reminds me of who? Mr. T? (laughs) A lot of you young folks don't know who that is. (laughs) Of the infamous A-team, Fool, that which you sow is not quickened except it die. And the Bible said if you don't believe there is a God, you are a fool. Yeah. And, you, and, and we hope you don't find out too late. Because past this life, uh, there are no unbelievers. Yeah. Right. It becomes obvious to everybody once they get out of here. They see what's real and what's not. But he said, fool, that which you sow is not quickened except it die. Keep reading. That which you sow, you sow not that body that shall be but a bare grain. It might be wheat. It might be some other grain. See, he's saying, you know, dummy, uh, you see this every day in life. You plant a seed and it dies, but it's not the end. Out of that comes new life. He said, you see it all the time. And he said, that's what happens with us. Keep reading. Keep reading. God gives it a body as it has pleased him and to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. There's one flesh of men, another of beasts, another of fishes, another of birds. This completely contradicts evolution. Because that belief is that all uh, beings developed from the same source. From, you know, an amoeba or from some entity in seawater. And like one guy said, from the goo to the zoo to you. And I know this is taught. This is taught in our schools and universities. It's a lie. It is unproven. It is un- in fact, they recently radically changed it. Did you notice that? Oh, man, they, had to, they recently radically changed and said, well, it wasn't just from this. They branched out, and it's got to be from a bunch of different primitive ancestors. Well, it doesn't work because it's not true. God created birds to be birds, and they'll always be birds. They will never develop into uh, rhinoceros, never. Has never happened. Never will. Can you see that? Fish are fish. They don't develop into horses. Never. Never have. Never will. Can you see what he's saying? There's one kind of flesh. Let's read it again. Uh, All flesh is not the same flesh. There's one flesh of men, another of beasts, another of fish, another of birds. There's celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial. Now this is something we should be interested in. But the glory of the celestial is one. The glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. Oh, friend, we can stand by the casket or the graveside of every believer. And when we plant that body in the dirt, we know it's just a seed. They're not here. They're gone. They left their body there with the Lord. Don't go out to the cemetery and try to talk to people. Quit that. They're not there. I said they're not there. And even that's not the end of that body. You're planting it a seed. It's sown in corruption, but it's going to be raised in incorruption. There's coming a time when it's coming up. It's coming out. Verse 43, it's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. power. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. That's the one right here. And there is a spiritual body. That's when it's changed, changed, changed. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. God. Verse 50. Verse 50. Now this I say, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit in corruption. This body is not fit to go to heaven in. It's been affected too much by sin. It's got to be changed. There's a lot of stuff needs to be fixed on it. <laughs> Verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. He's talking about death sleep. And that's body sleep, not soul sleep. Body sleeping. We shall all be changed. Somebody say, "I'll be changed. I'll be changed." In a moment, it's going to happen quick. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, because the trumpet shall sound. How many believe it is written? It's going to happen. The trump. And you talk about loud. uh, It's it's going to wake the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Loud. Woo, Literally. And the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Somebody say, we shall be changed. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. Shall be changed. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Then he gets sassy, verse 55. I mean, he, gets, he said, death? Where is your sting? Where is your bite? When you know this and you have this living hope inside you, you completely lose your fear of death. Yeah. Death? Where is your sting? Grave? Where is your victory? You don't have any victory. Christ has the victory. Death doesn't have the victory. 56. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a familiar verse to some, but keep it in context. He's talking, uh, yes, victory over all kind of things, but specifically victory over death. Thanks be unto God, which gives us the victory over sin, over death, over weakness, over pain over sickness over corruption over mortality thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ all of this is possible and only possible because of the one who gave his life and triumphed over sin death hell the grave and rose from the dead On the third day, because he rose, my body will rise. Hallelujah. Because he has eternal life, I have eternal life. Hallelujah. Because he did, so will I. As he is, so are we in this world. Stand on your feet, everybody. Woo, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.